Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DeGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have, they also have, finish, if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How-to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always, until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. Well, hello there. This is Louis, a.k.a. Louis the French Manette, and I'm here to talk about my podcast channel, Schmozer North. On my podcast channel, we find the Frenchie Talks About and the Frenchie Watches. On the Frenchie Talks About, we talk about anything. We can go from anime to women in priesthood. There's a subject for everyone. And the Frenchie Watches is simple. We watch a movie and we deep dive into the psychological meaning of that movie. Uh, So we really try to find a new angle on the movies you love. All right, so go take a look and enjoy. Bye-bye. Hey, Louie, how's it going, man? Ooh, John, get out the way. Get out the way. (laughs) <laughs> How's it going, man? Why? It's been a lot. Because, <laughs> uh, sorry, my my girlfriend was judging me on my my choice of uh, of songs. Of welcoming. <laughs> I'm, but I'm I'm pretty good. I've been uh, spending the whole day researching how to market podcasts. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong at all. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to be back on the show. It's uh, it's been a week or two, so. Yeah, and I'm glad to actually have you back on, man. It's it's always a pleasure to have you on. It's always great to talk about movie news, and hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. And I have Louis Monet with me tonight, and guess what? We're actually going to be doing some movie news tonight. He's actually the schmoes of the north. So go on ahead and follow his podcast. It's fantastic. He dives deep into your head and makes you admit to almost everything that you did in your past life. <laughs> yes, I, uh, I, so, I bring out the deep, dark secrets in people. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> You're like the stoned Howard Stern when it comes down to interviewing people. I'll tell you that. And guess what? I'm not stoned today. <laughs> For once. <laughs> 
well, don't forget, we're also not diving deep into my thoughts either. So, or are we not? Hmm. Reverse psychology. Yeah, you should re re listen to your own podcast. I'm. I swear, you probably said things you didn't even realize you said. Trust me. <laughs> Sometimes I question what I what I say after the show. I'm like, that came out of me. <laughs> so, anyways, it's actually a pleasure and. Like I said, guys, we actually have a pretty good bit of movie news that we want to cover. We have some Mortal Kombat news that came out today uh, about streaming on HBO Max. We also have some Wonder Woman uh, news as well, some Scream news that dropped today as well. So let's go on ahead and dive into this, shall we? Yeah, and I just realized, like, by looking at the notes, when he said we can take off some things, like, oh, we don't have that much. I actually didn't see the Mortal Kombat post and the screen post, so now I understand what you mean. <laughs> yeah, that's like, okay, I was like, okay, I can actually touch base a little bit with the screen post, but we can actually scrape uh, one of the posts and everything, and you'll find out which one I'm going to do in a minute. <laughs> Uh, but uh, basically, the Wonder Woman and the Mortal Kombat co- kind of goes on hand in hand. So, might as well start with right. that and talk about both. Yes, let's do that. Okay. So, what's your thoughts on it? I'm going to give you your thoughts. Well, looking at the 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 Wonder Woman post I'm seeing on Cinema Blend, yes, obviously we all know it's coming and kicking off. Um, you know, uh, kicking off on HBO Max, uh, and it's it's a big you know foreshadowing of what is to come for movies, right? Because I understand independent movies, but having a staple character like Wonder Woman going straight to streaming, that means the cinema business isn't shit. And well yeah. Go on. No, and it kind okay. of foreshadows like the rest of like the big titles that could potentially just skip cinemas now, including Mortal Kombat. Right. Here's the thing, here's my thoughts on Wonder Woman though. Is this okay? So you're only putting Wonder Woman out on HBO Max for a short time, and then after that, it's gone. It's not going to be on HBO Max forever. Oh, it's not. No, it's actually going to be up for a couple of days, and as a matter of fact, it's actually going to be released overseas. Then after that, I don't know what's going to happen to it. I don't know if they're going to re-release it in the U.S. Whenever the coronavirus actually eases off a little bit, I don't know if they want to do it that way. But I do know that they're going to try and make some money overseas since the virus has actually kind of settled down a little bit overseas. Okay, yeah, I'm actually seeing that. Okay, I I did not know that part. You see, that's... I I don't know how I feel about that. I really don't know how I feel about that because it's like, hey, please watch the movie if you can. If not, you have to wait and see it another time. It, it, it feels half-assed. I, I thought it was going to be like um, fully straight on to streaming service. But if it's just to, to get some hype on, um, it, you actually might cut your own legs when it comes to the cinema. If, especially if it's not as well received. Well, here's what I'm thinking, though. It could work two ways, right? Uh, one way, it could actually be like this. We're going to release Wonder Woman 1984. It and after so many days, we'll get rid of it, but then we'll re-release it onto the, off, onto the cinema, and therefore we can actually make our money back, especially for people who don't have HBO Max or anything mm. like that. They can actually catch the movie, so therefore they're going to be the ones who actually goes out and see this movie. But comic book fans like myself, I would actually go out on my way 
and watch this movie out in cinema, if the coronavirus actually settles down by then, if we actually have the vaccine actually stable enough to where we can actually go out in public again to a movie. But I asked my friend Jace, for example, and I asked him, I said, are you going to... Well, matter of fact, he also asked me this question. He said, are you going to go and see Wonder Woman 84? Or are you going to catch it on HBO Max? I said, I'm actually going to catch it on HBO Max. But then... If this virus is actually sustainable enough, I'll go and support the movie out on cinema because it deserves to be, even though it might not be that great of a movie, I'm still going to go out and support it and be with other fellow comic book fans so I can celebrate the fact that Wonder Woman 1984 is actually out now. Okay, you see, that's good, especially it's a Wonder Woman, right? But are you going to do that for every movie? And that's the problem. It's like if every movie right. has that 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 philosophy – um, it's going to be good for those that are going to be very watchable or those who are like uh, cinema worthy because you need to see it in big screen. But movies like, I don't know, like the, the ones we're seeing right now on the, the, the Cinema Blend article, the little things, Tom and Jerry, Judas and the Black Messiah. I mean, <laughs> if they're doing half and half, you know, doing a, a partial on, on HBO Max or streaming services and then going out in theaters, it's it's not necessarily a good strategy for smaller movies. So the, I don't know. I, I'm very mixed on this. Let me, let me look at the, okay. So I'm wondering too, with uh, Mortal Kombat, I don't know if they're actually going to release it for a short time. Like they're doing with uh, Wonder Woman 84. Mm. I know. Let, let me Let's... reread here. No, these are the things we should do before, but we don't have enough time in the day, sir. Uh, <laughs> the Mortal Kombat reboot. Um, yeah, it's it's consideration consideration for treatment, but the uh, WB the, uh, apparently decided to delay the movie's release. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it was originally slated for uh, January fifteenth, twenty uh, two thousand twenty one. It was supposed to come out in January of next year. And uh, here's my thought: is this are they going to give it the Wonder Woman eighty four treatment where it gets released on HBO Max and then later on it goes on ahead and you have so many days to watch it and then after that it disappears and then you go ahead and watch it when it's released. Yeah, I don't know. And see, and things like let's say it's an amazing movie and it's an achievement visually, right? Right? Like, is it going to be considered right. for Oscars, or do they really have to, to wait for it to be in the cinema? Maybe that's why they're doing half-half for certain movies, because if not, uh, the Oscars are still not budging. Like, what's happening with that? Well, I know the I know it's canceled. I know that the Oscars is canceled for this year. Oh, really? I, I, I was not sure it was out. I did not know it was canceled. Yeah, I actually wrote up an article on WordPress back whenever I had WordPress, okay. but... I explained everything that was going on in that article, but based off the Academy, they decided to cancel the Oscars because there's not really any movies coming out that's actually Oscar worthy right now because there's nothing being released. But so, released in cinema, and this is where I get annoyed with with Oscars. Like it's like the music industry. Like at one point they were going against the internet so hard, and then they had to finally realize they had to adapt. Why is not the Why is the Oscars not doing that? Recognize there's some good stuff coming out streaming only, and recognize it for a movie, which it is. I don't know if it's the fact that it's 
there's so many streaming services to the point where it's hard to actually keep up unless you pick a certain movie that actually stands out and then they review it and then they go off based off of what they saw and do it that way or they have a list of something that got some buzz so therefore they check it out i don't know if that has anything to do with it or not well at the same time this is where they have screeners right like especially in the past no one can see all the movies that was released anyway so that's why studios send screeners for people to actually make up their minds now why are they not doing that if for streaming services if that's the case i think it's just like the old mentality and and true again i am surprised uh the 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 studios are actually going for uh online directly or you know half and half because studios are very usually um narrow-minded so i'm surprised they're even going this route but this is how desperate they are right but not only that but i'm actually surprised that warner brothers is actually wanting to do this since they haven't really had a home run in a while with anything maybe that's why they're, they're, they're doing it too true but i think mortal kombat actually has a chance for the gamers to come out and support the movie hmm. i don't th- but also, too, maybe the gamers will actually be the big effect of HBO Max to where, like, you know what? Mortal Kombat, we've been waiting for this over 20 years since the original uh, two movies came out. I've been waiting for a reboot. This movie's actually happening. Let's watch it on HBO Max. Before you know it, you have a ton of subscribers. But how long are they actually going to stay there before they actually cancel and everything? It, it, That's another it, thing. It's odd because I actually see HBO Max... Uh, or like I said uh, multiple times in the past, for for us in Canada, it's Crave, right? I actually see right. Crave or HBO Max having a longer life span than let's say Disney, because right now, uh, like my Disney one year subscription just ended, right? And mm-hmm. Elsa Mandalorian, there's not much now I, I'm actually looking forward right. to. Like there's other stuff coming, but it's like in 2022, 2024, etc. But considering HBO Max, it's like they have Watchmen, they have the the, the Snyder Cut, mm-hmm. they have so many interesting things coming out that, yes, let's say they have uh, Mortal Kombat and, and Wonder Woman. And that's enough for me to say, hey, they're, they're bringing enough things in the future constantly for me to keep my subscription right. compared to Disney, which is like, yeah, Mandalorian, right. then next year, yay, Mandalorian, and then next, and but nothing else in between, right? Right, and not only that, but also another thing, though, too, is we're also actually going to get a Green Lantern show as well. Oh, shit, I did not know that. Yeah, we're actually going to get a Green Lantern show off of HBO Max. Huh. They're doing it right. They're really doing it right. Yeah. I I think it would actually fit better with a smaller screen audience first, Mm. and then maybe you can transfer it into... Uh, the DCEU, or just let it be a standalone thing. I think they're doing it in a smart way, in a, in a smarter way than what they did with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, well, we do not talk about the Ryan Reynolds one. I agree. It, it, it so, does not exist, my friend. It doesn't. I'll be honest with you. I actually Men in Black myself. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's God, that, that movie's horrible. And I really feel bad for Ryan Reynolds. It's not as well. He, he tried. He really tried. No. But God. I felt bad for him. I really did. <laughs> but, all right. So, let's see. We actually have 
some movie news that actually broke out with James Wan as well today. Yes, the Van Helsing one. No. Yeah. Now, what? here's the thing. My thought process is this. I like the fact that they have James Wan attached to it. That's a plus. Mm. You can add that horror flavor to it. I did not like the Hugh Jackman uh, Van Helsing movie at all. Yeah, it's, I, I, I kind of forgot about that until I saw the post. Yeah, I mean, that was just horrible CGI back then, too, but it just didn't sell me, right? I mean, the, orig- the original Van Helsing movie itself with Hugh Jackman just didn't do it for me, but if they're able to adapt it, if they're able to actually know what they're actually focusing on with Van Helsing and don't try and do, oh, let's put vampires in it, oh, let's put werewolves in it, let's put Frankenstein in this movie... Let it stand out on its own where he's fighting maybe a werewolf. Maybe he's actually going up the werewolf plans or whatever. And then if they want to, if they makes enough money, they can go ahead and, and do vampires next or whatever. Don't let it be where you're putting too much into the whole entire thing. Make it as simplistic as you can. Mm-hmm. Make it human and personal, basically, what you're saying. Ex- exactly. Now, I have a question for you, John. Um, who... Who would you pick uh, to cast as Van Helsing? I would, I, to be honest with you, I'm going to go outside of the box a little bit. I'm going to say Alexander Skarsgård. Interesting. Huh. I, I can what see about that. you? I'm going really outside the box and going diversity because uh, why not uh, cast someone who is a good actor who doesn't fit the necessarily the European fit or like the the, the white fit? Uh, I'm going Pedro Pascal. Ooh, nice! I like that. He, he's got this roughness to him. Uh, he's got this, you know, this. You, you, he's believable in anything he plays, right? So I just see him bring a certain gravitas to something that can be so popcornish, like we saw in the past, right? Right. I can definitely see that. And he's just and I think, he's a badass. Right. He can add a little bit of level of that little bit of cheesiness and also mix in with some badassery and everything too to make it believable. So I I'm all in if that's actually the case. Mm-hmm. And you bring diversity. I mean, like, especially like right. Latino actors, you, mm-hmm. we're all about like African American everything. But we need to to, to diverse in all cultures and uh the Spanish and Asian uh, community is Again, not well represented, and it, it it gives a chance for Pedro Pascal to to expand a bit more. It's something you never think Van Helsing having a Latino uh, actor, but for me it fits, and I don't care his nationality. It right? works. Yeah, right. I like that though. I like that thinking outside the box. I like diversity in film, anyways, in TV shows. So why not? If you can actually bring it and everything, I'm all for it. And, and, and you know he's gonna. His accent is actually going to bring... I don't want him to hide his accent. Uh, is actually going to bring something interesting. Like, explain why Van Helsing is actually Spanish, right? Uh, but right. keep don't make him try to do a weird Transylvanian-type accent. Just keep him, him him. Just write the script around him, right? Right. I would be okay with that, to be honest with you. It's going to be a new way of actually telling a story of Van Helsing. Because don't get me wrong, we've seen Transylvania stuff before. Why not go outside the realm to other country, other countries? Exactly, and I mean, you know, there's going to be an uproar of 
idiots that's gonna be like, hey, well, this is not my bad house, and like get over it, you know? But Right. Well, newsflash, Hugh Jackman was not my Van Helsing. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think anybody's, I don't think anybody will have, will actually say that movie will actually be their Van Helsing, unless they actually really like the movie. Yeah, well, who who does? <laughs> but, uh... There's gonna be 1%. <laughs> as far as James Wan attached to it, yeah, I mean, Aquaman is good. But more I rewatch it, more I'm like, okay, it's it's not as good as the first time I saw it, right? It, there's a lot of flash. There's a lot of there's some humor that just doesn't work uh, after a while, and I'm afraid it's going to be just flashy, but no content. And that's exactly what we got in the first one. It was flash and no content. And I just hope they're not going to make it a theater experience, but not a movie going experience story wise. You see, if he actually brings in the conjuring type of stuff to it and not that flickering stuff, I'm okay with it. But if he does like the flickering and it's all based on effects versus a story plot, I'm going to be tuning out of it very quickly. Yeah, it's it's going to be a flip of the coin. It depends what the studio wants, I guess, as the end result. But uh, I'm I'm actually I'm not I'm not looking forward to this. More I think about it, uh, unless you get like an outside the box casting and a story that really is unexpected, uh, I'm really not. It's not on my radar. All right. So now we have some Scream Five news. Yeah. Can I start off? Yeah. Why? How many killers do you have? <laughs> that against why? I mean, like. The fourth one was pushing it. I mean, I get it. But at one point, just leave the franchise alone and do something else, for fuck's sakes. And you see, I, I agree with you on that, unless they can actually do something different, which we talked about before with them trying to do something different. But I would believe by now, Cindy probably killed off maybe the whole entire family by now. <laughs> yeah, it's like what else? It's like it, it, it's a family from an alternate universe. It's like for it, it's it's a scream on a different planet. I mean, like c- come on, guys! Like there's so many scripts I'm sure floating around that you could put your money on. I mean, there's got to be something behind if they're actually giving a shot. But it feels desperate to me, to be honest with you. Well, one thing that's actually working for them in their favor right now, because in the fourth one, they didn't even have anybody that was from any of the other movies. <laughs> they got Nev Campbell back. They got uh, David Arquette back. They've got almost the, every single person from the original Scream back again. Now, I want to see Matt Lillard back again. Matthew yeah. Lillard. Because I get this, I don't think he's dead. I think that might be a chance that he might still be alive because we never saw a body or anything like that. We never saw exactly what happened mm. in the very first screen movie. So if they go about it with that, because Matt Lillard actually said he was down to do another screen movie, but they've been keeping everything hushed anyways as to what the plot is actually going to be mm. about. But this is what I like about what they're doing, though, that's actually smart. With their thing, uh, regardless of the fact if we're into this uh, franchise anymore or not. But I like the fact that, you know, the cast were given fake scripts to keep the ending a secret. Yeah. And everything. But again, it's like it's normal, right? Because the whole movie 
concept is based on who did it, right? So, and in today's day and age, right. you know, an actor sneezes and it gets tweets, tweeted about. So, it, it's so easy to leak out information that you just ruin the whole concept of the movie if it gets leaked out. So, I'm not surprised by that. It's it's what you need to do in this day and age for this kind of movie. Or, well, another thing too is they've been. Here's the thing: they have several different traps of the script as well that are floating out there. So this is what they said in Cin- with Cinema Blend. They said, I think the two things to remember for us, one is there are multiple versions of the draft out there, and most of the cast don't know if they, if they have the right version or not. So we've been playing that game with them as well. And the fun of, screen, of a screen movie is that everyone is guilty until proven innocent, not the other way around. So the goal is to keep that going for as long as possible and have fun with mm. it. As long as they're already like their minds already made up, because as, as long as it, yes, it's the whole mystery and you know everyone's guilty until until proven. But at the same time, it could also be like this: the the studio don't even know themselves how they want to end it, and they're trying to cover it up by saying you know it's you know we're keeping the mystery when they just don't know what the fuck they're doing. Or you can have actors like Tom Holland who likes to spoil movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they give him a, so they give him a fake script. And let's say for instance the studios actually have the real script. And like, nope, that's total BS. That's not how it actually ends. Yeah. So But again. So maybe they Again, the day and <laughs> right. age, right? Like it's so easy to, to spoil things by accident. I don't know if Tom Holland does by, uh, by accident or he has a kick out of doing it, but um, it's it's so easy to ruin <laughs> someone's plans now, right? It's like uh, back right. back in the day, the Star Wars, you know, I am your father. It, it was such a such a shock because no one was in the know. In today's day and age, someone gets a smell of it. It's like exclusive news: Dark Vader's Luke's father, right? And everything gets ruined so fast, and you don't get this almost everlasting uh, pop culture moment in cinema history because you already know. Exactly. And I like the fact, I miss those days though, because also too, nobody really knew that uh, Michael Keaton was going to be Batman until the news actually floated around. Mm. But could you imagine the hatred that if the internet actually existed in the 1980s? Yeah, but you see, there was hatred though. I I, 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 right, I do right. remember uh, people talking about when the news broke out, like there was a right. pandemonium of like nerd sweaty fans going nerve raged. And again, the internet was right. it. So this was all mail here. <laughs> Nerds took right. time to write something. <laughs> right. And read something other than the actual <laughs> uh, clipping of a news article that somebody busted their ass to work on. And then all you do is just read the headline and base it off of the headline itself. Yeah. Well, but, we're living in different times, right? Yes, we are, unfortunately. But... I know that you had another piece of movie news that you actually wanted to bring about Anna Kendrick. Well, before we go that, I'm actually looking at the Toxic Avenger uh, article, so might as well start with that. Okay. Okay. We can cover that. So, here's the thing. I don't know that much about uh, the Toxic Avenger or anything like that. I remember seeing action figures and Toys R Us. I remember owning a couple of action figures, not having a clue at what the hell it was or is. 
So, which is funny because it's the most non-kid friendly thing you can have. Uh, it's so gory and so it's 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 bad. Okay, it's really bad. Right, and that's what I, it really is. And that's why I love the movie, especially the first one. It, it's a it's a C list movie. It's not a it's not anything extraordinary. It's extremely low budget. It's horribly made, but there's so there's something so charming about it and and rewatchable in its own way. And that's what I love this casting choice uh, because this I've never would have thought this in a million years. This is such we're talking about outside the box. This is beyond outside the box. This is a, a risky choice, depending on on if they're going to go by the camp feel or they're going to try and make it serious. I don't know. But I am really happy to see that Peter Dinklage is not stuck with stereotypical small people roles, right? He, he's getting roles that usually would consider other actors um, because, you know, of skill or, you know, of ethnicity. But then you would, like, kind of, like, say, hey, Peter Dinklage is a small person. Why would he be Toxic Avenger? Toxic Avenger is, like, six foot. No, reimagine what the Toxic Adventure is. No one really likes the movies anyways. <laughs> like, there's no, like, there's no. no, like, uproar of of millions of fans of, like, claiming for this movie anyways. So might as well make your own, put something completely different, and take a chance. And that's what they're doing. And the I'm really happy for Peter Dinklage because it's so easy for him to get stuck in 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 roles that would fit you know his uh, you know who he is and it he, he doesn't right. get stopped by it and the studios don't get stopped by that too and that's that's rare to see i agree with you and we've seen him and roll yeah that, that, that's okay? my girlfriend that <laughs> that apparently Did she no she just drops things every 5 minutes it's okay it's fine i just want to <laughs> and then she wonders why her but, cell phone's uh, broken you know <laughs> i did that yesterday <laughs> and, and by the way people she just gave me the finger all right <laughs> all right so <laughs> so this is my thoughts on it though right um with peter dicklich and everything I, I love their I love their casting choice. You can't go wrong with Peter Dicklidge. Not only that, but he's a great actor. And I also like the fact too that they're not picking roles because he's actually a small person and stuff like that. Because it's so easy to get into those roles and everything, where that's all you're getting. Because they, they he played uh, the Lannister brother for God knows how many seasons for Game of Thrones. Then he did. X-Men um, Days of Future Past, which he did a fantastic job on. Yeah. As well. And, and yeah, then... and, and again, that's an example of uh, a role that could have been played by anyone, and it didn't have to be a quote-unquote small person, but he cast him not because, you know, of his size, he cast him because the quality of the actor. And that's what mm -hmm. he is. He's a quality actor. He's an amazing, uh, you know... He's a diverse yes. actor. He's very diverse. And I like that. I mean, I like Peter Dinklage. I liked him also in Thor Ragnarok, uh, even though he was CGI. But I still liked it. I mean, he brings a level to the characters that we never thought we'd get would actually see before. As a matter of fact, his personality feels bigger than who he is, if you actually think about it. Yeah, and, and I'm happy also he's not getting boxed into that, you know, that Game of Thrones actor, right? 
because right. there's you know look at Emilia Clark, look at a couple of the actors. They're they're not doing that well. They're they're not really breaking out as much as they should, especially for you know how much uh, acclaim that Game of Thrones had. Peter Dinklage is doing his own thing, and it's working for him. Definitely, it's working for him in big ways. And get this, he played in other movies before Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones just went on ahead and just busted that door wide open for him. Yeah, definitely. definitely. You know? All right, so the Anna Kendrick news and everything. So tell me a little bit about this. Well, I am a really, really big fan of, like, uh, space movies, sci-fi movies, Mm -hmm. and Netflix seems to be uh, good in those kind of movies, right? Uh, There's certain things they do that sometimes just makes me cringe, but then they they bring out especially very isolated-type movies that just work for me. And this seems to be something that could really go down that road, uh, now I'm gonna um, I'm gonna write uh, read the, the the article a bit and like I'll see what you think. Uh, so start making okay. movie Netflix queue now because Anna Kendrick and Tony Collette are bringing their sci-fi thriller Stowaway to the streaming platform. In addition to the power duo of Kendrick and Collette, Stowaway stars Daniel Day Kim from Lost, Shamir Anderson from Why on Earth Dear White People, Joe Penna from Arctic and directs from a script and he co-wrote Ryan Anderson. Now, um, Stowaway's logline teases uh, a nail-biting story. On a mission headed to Mars, an unintended Stowaway, Anderson, accidentally causes severe damage to the spaceship's life support system. Facing dwindling resources and a potentially grim outcome, a medical researcher, Kendrick, emerges as the only descending voice against the clinical logic mm-hmm. of both her commander and Colette and the ship's biologist. Now, exactly, oh, it's, it seems like be a multi-layered uh, movie, and that Kendrick-Colette uh, dynamic really intrigues me. You see, I like Anna Kendrick. I'm sold on that. But you had me at Mars because I'm a huge it, Mars is actually my favorite planet and everything. Remember back in the early 2000s when we had nothing but Mars yeah. movies <laughs> like Mission to Mars? I watched every single one of those damn movies because I love Mars. I like Space Odyssey stuff mm. and things like that. And this is right up my alley. And I like the fact that you're looking at survival on a dry planet that doesn't have any resources or anything like that. And they're sourced to actually to survive together. And they're using a biology, someone that can actually maybe do something like what Matt Damon did with, uh, with that, with the, with the Martian, maybe (laughs) he can do, um, maybe not grow potatoes or anything, but maybe there's a way that they can actually survive and coexist on Mars or something, or, it's gonna, I could just see the sandstorms. I can see what it's going to be like for them out on Mars for the very first time and things like that whenever they're trying to survive, especially when they don't have that much oxygen and how they actually have to doctor something up to where they ha- have mm-hmm. to survive. It's going to add a level of suspense to it that we haven't seen before when you're watching on Mars. Exactly, and, and the fact that Netflix is attached to another like Mars or sci-fi thing, that's what gets me excited. Uh, because again, like I said, they do well space things. Like uh, I don't know if you've seen the Lost in Space show. Uh, I am Mother uh, and yep. um, 
the Glo- the Cloverfield uh, third movie. I forgot the name. Oh, uh, uh, Cloverfield no, Lane. No, no, I the one in the... space. I don't know. If... Oh, okay. I oh, don't, I might I don't have to watch. Oh, oh, I know which one you're talking about. It's not Cloverfield. I don't. Know. Apollo no, 18. not at all. Like, give me a second. Okay. Um, Apollo 18 is okay. actually a really good one. It's a found footage type, but it's not that one. Clover. Okay, that's the one I was thinking. Trilogy. Because it actually explains the the why the first one happens. Uh, okay. So franchise. It is the Cloverfield Paradox. Okay, I forgot about really? that one, to be honest with you. I've only watched the... Yeah, here's the thing, man. I'm not a big fan of found footage movies that much or anything like that. But I did go out and see Cloverfield whenever it was first mm-hmm. in theaters in 08. So I did support it, but it was not. Just, it wasn't huh. for me. That I don't know. That franchise is just one of those things that's just not. For I me. absolutely love this franchise because it, it it doesn't stay found footage though. We say the Cloverfield, the first one, gives you the found footage fe- uh, feature. The Ten Cloverfield Lane is a very intimate um, and and paranoid movie, right? But then the Clover Paradox is this sci-fi horror that actually gives you answers to the first one. Not fully, but enough to really give you an, uh, enough to bite on and rewatch the whole trilogy and be like, ah, oh, okay. now I get it, you know? And at the same time, it plays with dimensions. Okay. It's like all three movies don't feel the same, and yet they're in the same universe. And for me, that's really Okay, I might actually have to give it a shot because if they're making it its own thing without doing any callbacks to the first two films or anything like that, that might be something that I might actually pick up on because everybody can get it. It fixes everything differently for each character, so I'm. I yeah, you definitely because again, it, this is not a found footage. This is a space horror. This is, this is even a body horror on certain levels, uh, and it's disturbing without being gory. Uh, it's if you like uh, movies that touch also on interdimensional uh like um stories and it's it's very um it's very sci-fi right Cloverfield was almost a horror movie uh for both of them this one is a lot more of a sci-fi and then the horror comes in with uh the elements but from a to z of Cloverfield paradox you're wondering what the fuck is happening it's so rewarding at the end when you can you can loop back to their first movie. Uh, that it's it's absolutely one of my favorite Netflix movies is Cloverfield Paradox. So that's why I'm excited with this new movie. If they're on a streak on good sci-fi horror or good sci-fi thrillers, I don't see um, this this new movie uh, actually like Stone uh, the Soulway actually failing because they have a good track record. Okay. I'm going to have to give it a shot, man, because, like I said, I'm not a fan of found footage, but since now I know that the rest of them are not like that, I'll definitely To be honest, if shot. there's one to skip, skip the second one. If you haven't seen the, the, the Ten Clover for Lane, uh, it, it's good, but it doesn't really add anything. So just watch uh, watch the third one and go back to the first one. It's all you need. <laughs> okay, I'll definitely right. do that. All right. So now let's go on ahead and do our main topic because I know that we wanted to talk about Harry Potter. So my question to you guys, you the fans, is this. 
would you want to watch a Harry Potter um, TV series on Netflix, Amazon, Hulu? It doesn't matter your streaming service or whatever. Would you guys want to see that? Go ahead and leave me a voicemail after this uh, recording and everything because I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this one. But go going ahead. I want to hear your thoughts well, first. Well, technically, I, I actually think that they would have to release it on HBO Max because it's a Warner Bros. Uh, Warner Bros. Mm-hmm. Uh, production, right? And they seem to be very closely tied in with HBO. That that being said, mm. something's got to give. Uh, I know the third movie is coming in uh, for the Fantastic Beasts, and it kind of seems like a, a jumble of like, let's hope this works. Um, and and especially with the, the the latest news with Rowling and her her comments about transgender people, and there's a lot of backlash, right? So they really need to do something to hype up and bump up the wizarding world uh and i find what else a better way to do but to actually do a tv series that is not harry potter but connected to the the wizarding world and give us time to actually fall in love with the characters something that was missing in the fantastic beast uh movie because i just didn't care about Mm. the characters at all Mm. you see i felt the same way to be honest with you and i don't and i didn't like the magic that was being done in the Fantastic Beast movie either. I think maybe because I saw I said this before, but I'm not sure if I got spoiled off to Doctor Strange and I was thinking that that was going to be the same line of magic that I would actually see because my once I saw magic like Doctor Strange, my my whole idea of magic got mm-hmm. intensified to about a 10 plus. So when I saw the movie, I'm like, okay, this is not the movie that I thought it was going to be. And I remember getting the backlash for that. But, you know, here's what I want for a TV series. And I do want a a TV series. But I want it to be surrounded with uh, the whole entire thing where you actually have the... What's the... Crap. Yes, the crap. I can't think of it now. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. It's the... uh, it's the people that's in charge of the magic. Oh, God. The Ministry of Magic. The Ministry of Magic. I would love to see the stories and how they actually have to try and cover things up and everything. I would like to actually see leaks that actually have that go out and everything in the Ministry of Magic to make it look like a Tom Clancy mm. type of film. And everything mixed in with Harry Potter and Fantasy yeah, World. that that would be really it's Tom Clancy and and and, and uh, the world of, of wizardry is not something I ever <laughs> thought I would hear, but it actually makes sense. It would actually add something. It would actually do a little bit of politics. I'm hoping that my my version does not have the uh, the clo- uh, with the politics and stuff like that, like that you like we had on Star Wars with the prequels, but. It adds. This will actually add in a lot more stuff behind the scenes of what the uh, what this world mm-hmm. is actually doing to cover up stuff, and also too maybe you might have someone on the inside trying to leak some information and things like that. As for the Fantastic Beast stuff, there's a big division amongst fans, not only with the J.K. Rowling stuff now, mm-hmm. but because of Johnny Depp. And I'm a and I like I love Matt Mickelson and just about anything. And it's not going to be his fault that the movie bombs or anything like that. He was just taking a role that what, that they had no... He basically just decided to get because they needed somebody. 
and he was just trying to fill that gap. And now you have fans that are divided because they wanted Johnny Depp and not Max. And now that because of that division, because of J.K. Rowling, because of that, I don't know if this film's actually going to. Yeah, well. I mean, but the, 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 you've seen in the past a lot of like controversial things on, on a lot of like different projects, and they still succeed, right? Because because they, they still find a way to right. make fans interested, and and either kind of forget the controversy or art goes over the controversy, right? Which shouldn't always be the case, but uh, sometimes it sucks for the content to suffer just because someone's an idiot, right? Uh, and and that's right. what I'm hoping. Like, for me, yes, it's horrible what J.K. Rowling said. Uh, for me, equality should be for everyone. Everyone is human. I don't care how you, what your, your, your opinions are. If you mm-hmm. disrespect someone just because you don't understand their perspective... Well, shame on you, and you get screwed, right? But the Wizard mm-hmm. World is the right. best thing, the best like um, franchise we, yeah, franchise we had Diverse. since like Lord of the Rings. Like, there's not many franchises that really stand out, and that's one of them. And it should suffer because this creator is an idiot. Um, now, me, right. I'm for my part. Uh, my concept of of uh, let's say on uh, HBO Max is actually going a mini series. I would love to see like a four part series called mm. Voldemort, and you actually see uh, what happened before uh, the the curse uh, the curse that happened to him for him to die and Harry Potter get the scar because you get a lot of like uh, snippets in the books and the movies of the things he's done and the reign he had of terror and him collecting his death eaters and everything. I would love to see that part of, of the storyline and get like a one shot on Voldemort and then see where you can expand from there. But give us, give us Voldemort, man. Oh, I agree with you on that. I would actually eat that up because I want to see something from a villain's perspective because we've seen things from the hero's perspective all the time. I want it's time to actually do something different from the villain's perspective, even though we captured a little bit of that in the mm-hmm. Harry Potter movies with Baltimore. With I forgot which film, but I want to actually see it full out young Baltimore going on ahead, doing all these things. And yeah, and like it can add some humanity in a sense that like we never understood fully his motivations. Yes, he's evil, but there's always something behind the evil, right? Uh, it would be interesting to see actually the struggles behind the character, not just like he wanted to dominate everything, but kind of understand the struggles he went through, the how he became that way, why is he that way? So either the Voldemort, like let's say uh, episode one is him, a uh, 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 one hour and a half uh, episode of him young. And then the next episode is an hour and a half of him as a teenager or near his 20s and progress and actually understand the character and where it comes from and how he became that evil. Right. Another thing, though, that I want to mention, though, too, is when we see Baltimore, he's just in an orphanage. What happened to his family? What happened to his other things? Maybe in the books. I don't know. I would have to revisit him. Well, I read the, I read the books. It's been years. I've read them twice, but I haven't picked them up in years. So my memory of what's in, the context of what's in the books kind mm. of 
faded away a little bit, but I do remember certain things, but I don't remember full well. Yeah, but I, and again, that, there you go. That that shows that the fact that there's a lot to explore, right? Uh, if if there's not much contact contents right. of Voldemort's past that you can't even remember that well, that means there's so much you can play on. And he's such a, a such an interesting character because, you know, we always see it from the like you said the good guys per- perspective, Harry Potter and his motivations, but understanding the flip side is always interesting because yes, he's evil. Like in any bad guy, there's always evil, but there's always their justification of the storyline, and there's so much you can play with, right? Because you can actually put a vulnerable. Voldemort at first, especially when in in the young episodes, and and make him more of a human character. But you take out that humanity more. You go along the 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 series, and you get the final end result of the pure evilness. And having that evolution is like the evolution we saw in um, Rob Zombie's Halloween, right? It's like him as a kid. You kind of feel mm-hmm. bad for the kid. He's like he's. He's not all there, but you kind of attach to him, and it was an interesting psychological evolution. Then he becomes the monster. You kind of go that right. route, exactly. We kind of go go that, that route. We all know. With Voldemort. That would be amazing. I agree. Like I said, I'm down for that. I wouldn't actually mind also seeing Dumbledore, like a young Dumbledore. But weren't they supposed well? to do a spinoff eventually with Dumbledore? They were, but I'm not sure if that's actually scrapped not or not. Because don't forget, Warner Brothers is very yeah. reactionary when cert- with certain things. So I'm not sure if that they decided to just put that out, throw that out into the wind, and no, that's true. the end of it. Yeah, true. It's uh, it's it, WB doesn't always make the good decisions, and that's why I'm 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 scared of Fantastic Beasts. It's like, how are they reacting now? You know, right. And that's what makes me scared about this Fantastic Beast movie, though, too. My question for you is this. How do you talk about transgenders and stuff like that, and you created a world that's built on diversity, and then you're being hypocritical critical to other people's understandings and doing it that way, especially when you made this diverse uh, universe for everybody to enjoy, not just for... Yeah, uh, because the people, like, you know? transgender topic is, is such a... It's such an awkward thing for a lot of people because uh, to accept transgender is to ex- accept that there's more than two genders, right? There's a whole, uh, there's a whole spectrum, right? There, there's the ones you're born with, there's the ones you identify with. Uh, it's it's very outside the box for a lot of people. Now I'm considered very left, you know, uh, to the left extreme. I'm extremely open minded, right. so I have zero problems understanding that. But mm-hmm. even if you're, if even if you're creating a very diverse um, world where you know you have multinational characters and you have you know LGBTQ, but don't forget the T. That's the thing. It's like LGBT is transgender, but the rest is like what you're attracted to. The T and the um, the gender fluidity is really what you identify as, and people have a hard time connecting. Uh, uh, to identity if they don't understand it themselves because they see themselves a certain way. Uh, so it's very, very touchy. 
Uh, I could understand why some people are 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 uneasy mm-hmm. about it, but it's the reality we live in. And J.K. Rowling did a huge bad move by smashing her, uh, LG, um, the transgender community mm-hmm. and then putting the main character villain and, and serial killer in her new books as transgender. It's it's, it's one bad mistake after another. It's hypocrisy, if you actually think about it. She's just there to sell yeah. books at this point. But there's also rumors she stole the like idea that. from other places for Harry Potter, so she, she might not be kosher from the get-go, right? Right. But there's actually no evidence. Is there that she did no, that? No, it's a lot of speculation, so there's not much that. to back it on. But at the same time... You know, right. some things right. just come from the truth. You just can't like I, I I know per se at the at my work there's someone stealing money. I just can't prove it yet, right? But I, I like in my gut feeling, I, I know <laughs> I, I know who to look right. at. And and you know, my suspicions are like, yo, know, at one point this is fucking obvious, but again, you can't pinpoint it, right? You can't actually prove it, but your logic says it's there. Yeah, so right. logic proves but it, it wouldn't hold in the court of law, so you can't really, you know, you can't really go forth with it. Yeah, exactly. But it's there, there's a lot of things where J.K. Rowling kind of like went downhill for me, which sucks because again, the world she created shouldn't be affected by it, but it kind of is. And I actually want, I I kind of want them to distance from J.K. Rowling and just kind of pass it on. Do a felony type of thing, right? Do their own uh, thing. Pass it on to someone who understands the world 100%, that eats it up, that could really expand it, and and actually maybe give it a fresh fresh breath and and really do something unique with it and still stay in the wizarding world and still stay pay respect mm-hmm. to what J.K. Rowling did, but don't just let it die because the movies are not working anymore and there's a lot of controversy around her. Right, just let her be on the sidelines collecting. Exactly, and she, it's time for her to move on sense. because she 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 was clear, you know, she didn't want to do other things uh, except for like maybe a couple couple specific things. But her heart doesn't seem to be one hundred percent in it. And after a while, like George Lucas, you know, when, when I heard his what he wanted to do with the third set, you know, what was supposed to be the continuation. Uh, it, it, it was so wacky that I'm like, that wouldn't work on, on in cinema. There's like, at one point, sometimes the creation kind of like loses focus because the creator is so in it and has their ideas that at one point it just doesn't work anymore. And that's what it, I'm afraid that, that if she keeps hanging yeah. on to it and, and tries to control everything... Like it or not, uh, the new movies is her her creation, and it's not working. She's... No. And in the end, she's going to be the one who winds up her, uh, basically destroying exactly. her Exactly, and in, which we are actually inevitably to... destroying the Wizarding World, which, again, you have so much potential. I talked about, uh, you know, um, the Voldemort series, but hell, you can have a series on uh, the, the, the foundation of Hogwarts, the beginnings of Hogwarts. That's what I want to see. That's why I said a uh, mm. double door movie to see how we actually did the. Or castle you could and also do a, a TV show about uh, the Wizarding World a hundred years in the future. You know, there, there's there's so much things you can do and so expansive. Mm. You can have the Wizarding World in Japan. You can have you know you can have so many things. 
uh, and do so many interesting uh, right. stories with it because it's not just Harry Potter. It is a world, but you don't have this. You don't have this world that she shim, uh, that's if she right. uh, sinks the ship. Right. Exactly. All right. So. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch base on, or was that? Also, the fact that I'm uh, that now it? I feel I'm like sure. watching the whole series of Harry Potter movies. Now nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I used to have the box set, but yeah. I need to actually. Okay, well, buy one it. last question: If if <laughs> but, there was, if you can only keep one of the Harry Potter movies and the rest would be destroyed, which one would you keep? I would actually okay. keep Why? Order of the Phoenix. I just love it. The whole entire suspense of them getting kicked out of school and everything. Them trying to clear their names. They're actually on their own without the adults or anything like that. It has a sense of suspense of what's going to happen next how, at every tor- corner. It's nothing really paint by the numbers kind of thing. So that's what I like uh, about it. You see, it's probably my least favorite one, oddly enough. See, my least favorite what? one would actually That's my be choice Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> Get this. This is oh, actually Jay Wade's favorite movie, so too. Not, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. That sounds I'm so sorry. wrong, I'll just but go I love it, John. Now. Okay. We went there. Also, sorry, public. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, we did. Damn it. And then so now I, I just have an image of you paddling yourself. God uh-huh. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. No, that was in the yeah, Nine so Inch Nails that, video. That being said, before we start losing your uh, <laughs> your audience, we should stop it there. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think that's enough BDSM for one day. <laughs> so... Go on ahead and tell everybody where they can actually... Oh, yeah. Uh, well, if you haven't, uh, check it out. On your do it. Go check out Schmoes of the North on the audio side on Apple Podcasts, Anchor. We touch on a lot of different subjects like the Frenchie talks about. We talk about everything, uh, everyday things. It can go from woman in priesthood to anime. Uh, so there's an episode for all different kinds of, uh, of interests. Now, we also have the Frenchie Watches where we really go in a deep dive into the psychology of a movie you've seen a thousand billion times, but we bring a new perspective and might blow, blow your mind. We also have the YouTube side of things uh, with Schmoes of the North. We cover anything to do with Schmodown. If you know what Schmodown is, go take a look. All right. And Schmodown is a fantastic trivia show. I have to say so myself. I'm getting right back into it again. It's been a couple, it's been at least two years since I haven't been evolved into it. So I'm probably going to try and get, get in there somehow. So I'm going to be doing that. And another thing, too, guys, is on next Monday, I'm going to be off of my vacation. So guess what, guys? I'm going to actually have one of my friends, him and his wife, actually wrote a book. It's actually called Love, Marriage. Mm-hmm. And the character it builds, a manual for marriage uh, marriage years, and I'm gonna have them on there talking about their book. And the matter of fact, 
Dennis R. Holder and his wife are actually going to be on the show with me, and I cannot wait to actually have them on the show. This is going to be a great one-on-one interview, so stay tuned for that. On Tuesday, I actually have another guest actually coming in, and we're going to be doing uh, something, something else. I don't know yet. But on Thursday, I have Rossi McCree coming back doing a Scarface review. Matter of fact, this is actually going to be part mm. of our mo- of Talking Mafia. And it's going to be our Scarface review for that. And then Friday, of course, uh, I'm actually going to be doing my Dexter after show review. So, matter of fact, that show is actually called The Dark Passenger, nice. a Dexter Morgan after show. So... Thank you. I do appreciate it, man. Um, But yeah, those are a couple of things that you guys can actually look at. And you guys can actually find me on all platforms when it comes down to your podcast. Go ahead, check me out over there. You can check me out on YouTube at Movie Lovers Unite. And also, too, for all your entertainment needs and everything, go ahead and check out MovieLoversUnite.com. And also, too, we also have a GoFundMe page. We'll be in the show notes below. And also, too, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite. You can follow me on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit. You can also follow me on uh, my own personal page on Movie on my own personal page on Twitter at John Gregorio Eight, and then on Pinterest as well at Movie Lovers and TV Lovers Unite. We just got TikTok up. I'm not sure how I'm actually going to work that yet, but stay tuned for that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a we blast. Know you're, we know where you're going to go on TikTok. You're going to punish time. yourself with a paddle on TikTok, Bye-bye. sir. Huh? <laughs> yes, right. I'm gonna do the pu- I'm gonna do the punishment paddle. Bye bye. <laughs> Challenge. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.